New week of them Aspergers. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, slightly better time in the morning this morning? Yeah, it's like almost eight o'clock. Yes. That is much better. We were definitely going to do this yesterday, but... Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter because I'm getting them out at the right time every day. I think the second I miss that, that's when there's the problem. Oh, yeah. Um, and also I imagine people listening to this aren't really bothered about what time in the morning we're doing this. No. Um, so it's going to be a change in the normal dynamic this week. Uh, we've decided that we've had a few questions from people who have sent stuff to the Inside the Bubble Facebook page, uh, who've messaged us on there. So we're going to probably spend this hour episode talking about the questions that have been asked. Um, I mean, we could have replied individually, but I think a couple of them have got some good points that are probably worth talking about. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we're gonna do just. I think I think we're just gonna do two questions, but ones that I think are. I don't think replying would have been enough because I feel like there's actually a conversation that we could have about them. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so I might as well get straight to it. What's the first question? Okay, so the first one is. Um, oh, that's a long question. It's a, it's a long one. I'm not gonna read it all out, and I also don't want to go into like too much detail because I don't want to give the person yeah like make them feel weird that I've said yeah because we much. haven't told the people that have asked the questions that we're going to answer the questions in the podcast so I suppose I don't want to read them out in just in case they sent them in a more private thing yeah one of them definitely says cover as a topic on a podcast so that's fine but mm. for this one um so this person knows someone with Asperger's yeah um and says that the person the burger um, often goes on long rants when it comes to topics that interest them. Um, and to the point that the person writing to us feels intimidated because it becomes the whole... It, it sort of becomes everything they talk about by the looks of things. Um, and sometimes they make jokes or say things that aren't considered like socially acceptable. Right. Um the person, the burgers asked the writer to be as transparent as possible and tell them when something bothers them because having the burgers makes it difficult for them to understand when they're doing this. Right. Um, but writer says that they struggle to give burger feedback. Am I saying this all right? Um, I mean, I've already... You've kind of already explained the question to me yesterday, um, but it does sound a bit confusing what you're saying. Okay. So I get the gist. I'll I'll carry on and I'll finish it and then we'll see. They struggle to give burger feedback without making them feel shut down or criticised. Right. Um, Basically, what does constructive feedback look like for someone with Asperger's without making him or her feel bad what does constructive feedback look like for someone with Asperger's without making them feel judged or criticised? And what's ideal constructive feedback look like for us personally? Uh, okay, so this is like uh, if you've got if you've got autistic spectrum disorder, Asperger's, whatever, and you're in a relationship with someone that's neurotypical. Um, how does someone with neurotypical that's neurotypical tell someone on the spectrum? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have things. to be a relationship. It could be like a friendship, just 
having yeah, but yeah, I know in your you life. So like, yeah. if they, if someone, because obviously, yeah, we do, I do, like you do, talk about the same topic repeatedly, yeah, and for great lengths, yeah, uh, and yeah, not so much me, but you definitely make inappropriate jokes in public, so you probably know more about <laughs> that than me. I don't tend to do that, but you definitely do that. Do I? Yeah, definitely. Um, and. Yeah, how do you tell someone that's on the spectrum to not stop, but, you know, that's enough now. Uh, like, I get what the point you're trying to make. Or, you know, if they make a joke that is inappropriate and public, how to say to someone um, that joke is probably, you probably shouldn't be saying that. Yeah. I don't know. Because when you told me about this question initially, I, I'm not sure about constructive feedback. Because, I mean... Um, yeah, feedback, yeah. Because I I don't know if I've ever been stopped. So, I mean, I tend to... I don't do the joke thing. So we'll come to the joke thing in a second because that's yeah. more you. And I don't know if you've heard an instance where you've made a joke that was too inappropriate and you've had some sort of like backlash for it. But like in my case, I do talk at length about things, um, mainly to you. Yeah. Um, and mainly I did it with my ex as well. Um, but the with my ex is my ex knew I had Asperger's and she knew that... I kind of told her that's one of the things that I do. Um, in your case, because you're also on the spectrum, I don't know if you notice that I'm doing it. So even though this question's about, like, how do you tell someone, has there been points? Because you do say that I do. And I have noticed that, like, when we go out for runs and that... Uh, we run for like an hour and a half and I'm pretty sure there's been times where we've run for like an hour and a half and I've talked about the same thing the whole time we've run around there um, and I know there's bits where I'm talking and I'll repeat the same bit so I'll make the point say the thing I wanted to say and then directly after pretty much make the same point again but just I'll move the words around differently um, you know to make that point and then after that I'll summarise both points, even both points were the same. <laughs> um, and I know I do it, but um, I don't know why. I think it's because I can't read reactions in people. So, you know, like when you're telling someone something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like normal people just get that the other person's listening. Yeah. But because I go solely on body language and the way people react to stuff, unless they're nodding their head or going, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think they've got the point. And sometimes, like, I think of a point that's really, like, I think is really, like, interesting. Um, and I'm expecting to tell them that it's really interesting. Uh, and I'm expecting them to react like what I've just told them is something that's interesting. And they haven't reacted. So that's why I feel to explain the same point again, but yeah. slightly different, until I get the reaction out of them that I think is the normal reaction they should be having. Um, and there have been times where someone goes, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. Um, but that doesn't in my head go, oh, I've said it too much. I just sort of think, ah, good. The third time. <laughs> the third time's the way oh, they got sorry. it. Um, so, yeah. I know that when I was younger, I got told a lot to shut up or do you ever stop talking? Um, yeah. And that kind of thing. And there are ways of doing it. Obviously, if you do it that way, you know, like telling someone to shut up or saying things like do you ever stop talking or that kind of thing. When that ever happened to me, um, it's not constructive and it's not a way to to do that because that always made me feel like I'd talk too much and I became like embarrassed and I'd feel like silly for having talked as much as I have and then I'd not talk, you know, for like the next hour or so. Yeah. There'd be no conversation out of me. 
at all. And sometimes when you get caught in the chatting too much thing, it it's like a massive distraction in general. Like I do it all the time at work where I start talking about something and it's something I'm interested in and like do you mean massive like clumps of time disappear and I think actually I'm supposed to be working. Yeah. But it takes me a while to have that realisation that I'm supposed to be working. So there's a lot of time where I'm just standing standing about chatting. And then I think, like, I've done nothing for the last, like, 20 minutes, half an hour. Uh, That's not good. Um, But in the case of this question, how do you think is a good way? Because you you listen to me. I talk all the time. I think I talk more than you do. So I think when we're talking or having conversations, I probably am the talker. Yeah. Out of the two of us. Um, I suppose it's hard because neither one of us is neurotypical. Yeah. But how would you... And I don't think you've ever shut me down. No. So... (laughs) Like, that's the thing, is I think there's been times where I have talked at great length and you've just put up with it. But do you find it annoying? Like, no. Do you feel like you want to say something, but you don't want to offend me at the same time? No, I think the... I think the problem with the... Um, I think the difference between the person who asked the question and us, like, sometimes... Uh, same, like, when we go on a run or something, you will talk. I mean, sometimes just when we're sat around, you will talk at great length. But the things that you're interested in do also interest me. Yeah. So I think that's the difference. Like, you talk a lot about politics. Right. But I find it interesting and I like to know and I like to learn. So when you're talking to me, I'm more just focusing on taking it in because I enjoy listening to it. Um, Like, there's not points where I've thought oh god I don't want to talk about politics again I genuinely like it so and it's something that is becoming like more of an interest of mine just from like how much you've told me so I like that um sometimes with films like you're you'll describe them a lot but I also like that because I I mean I don't really watch films so like I find it really interesting I like listening to the way you describe them so uh, like I've there's never been a time with you where I've thought oh will he just shut up or can we just move on I've always liked the conversation which is why I've never said anything well I suppose then with this question um I mean they said that the the other person with the Asperger's said that they want transparency and they want yeah. to just be told so I guess I just give them what they want in that situation and just tell them then. I mean, obviously you don't just say shut up or I'm like, but maybe like you'd nicely say, can we talk about something else? Or, um, okay, yeah, like I, I get the point you're making. That's interesting. Um, let's do something else now or just something along that. I guess you've just got to try it out. Because like, like I said, when people used to tell me to shut up, I used to get really like weird about it. I used to think like, oh... I've talked I, too much. Yeah, people used to do it to me a lot when I was younger, as in my family, and I think that's why I'm so quiet now with other people, not with people that I'm close with, but definitely, like... Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I suppose <clears throat> you don't talk at all now. 
No. Like, but you used to say all the time that when you were a kid, you talked constantly. Yeah. Um. So do you think the wrong kind of, like, way of stopping you from talking is the reason you don't talk now? Or do you think you were told too many times to shut up? That yeah. That's just made you, like, learn to not talk so you don't talk. Yeah, I and definitely think quiet. that it's the, it was the criticism that I got that made me feel, just made, more than, like, anything, just made me feel self-conscious and think that people would think I was weird if I was talking. Which is why now I do the opposite. Yeah, um, for me, <clears throat> I because um, I know that that affected me when I was younger, and when I was younger, I would feel really embarrassed about it. But I don't know if it would have the same effect on me now. Don't know if I was talking now and someone went, "Okay, can you shut up?" I don't know if that would make me feel as self-conscious as it did when I was younger. I imagine. Like, there might be a part of me that felt a little bit embarrassed. It's difficult because I know what it's like when you want to say something, when you have something in your head and you want to say it. As a burger, if someone says to you, can we not talk about that now? If you've still got, like, two or three more points that you feel like you need to make on the topic, it is really difficult to go, okay, yeah, we can talk about something else. You kind of want to go, yeah, yeah, we will, but just quickly, and then just, like, sort of fire them out. It's... I don't yeah I don't know what the best way for me because I know I can see it from both perspectives I can see how annoying it would be if you're listening to something that you don't want to listen to for extended periods of time but I can also see how annoying it is for the burger that just wants to say these I think maybe you've got a I guess like there's got to be a compromise there you can't have to you can't have all of your conversations be about the thing that they want to talk about and not be able to like enjoy other conversations because that that's not fair on you but mm. you've I get I don't know I guess it's like a trial and error thing yeah you just got to try nicer ways of selling someone to stop the conversation and just see what happens I mean if they've said that they they want transparency and they've said that they want to be told I guess you just got to tell them and find out what happens. Um, I think there's also like a weird... I kind of thought about it that you don't do it with everyone. So those of us on the spectrum, we don't just talk at great length at anyone. Yeah. Um, it's more aimed at people you get along with. So I always I always kind of feel like it's... If you're that person that the person with Asperger's is talking at you at great lengths, like that's kind of like a good thing. Yeah. Because that means that you're trusted and they feel like safe talking to you um whereas like because most of us don't talk to anyone it's not like you could talk at great lengths about the things you're interested in to anybody that would no, listen definitely not it's only at certain people and for a lot of people we don't talk to anyone or start conversations with anyone unless we already know who they are and the people you're closest to i guess are the ones that you reel the constant like chat to but yeah, I mean, so I think there's that. Obviously, most people, like NT people, they, as far as I can tell, they talk to people about like the weather or, um, you know, like what they're wearing or what they're planning or what yeah. they're doing that night. Um, whereas I guess with people Asperger's, we don't have that part of us. I don't know if it's because we don't want to do that. I know there's that thing that says that I've read that people with Asperger's don't like to do small talk, um, which I don't, but... You know, like if you haven't been able to speak to anybody all day because you didn't know anybody and everybody you were around you couldn't talk to and then you get home 
and you live with a person that's NT and that's the person that's your trusted like yeah. person to talk to. I guess there's all this stuff as well that you haven't been able to say all day that you've wanted to say to someone but don't. So it, yeah. it just all comes out in one go as well to that person that you know. Do you know what I mean? Like you've been sat or in at work or not at work or not talking to anybody all day and then someone comes in and just all this stuff just all like comes flying out of you in one go and I guess yeah. it's kind of like a release of all stuff you wanted to say and wanted to do and that kind of thing and I guess that's why we're we're quite chatty but like I said if this person this this uh this person on the spectrum has said that they want to be told then I guess tell them either they're saying they don't want to be t- they want to be told um but that's because they've never been told yeah and want to know um or they have always had that system set up in the first place they're either someone that's always wanted that been diagnosed young know it's something they do and have always had that system of just tell me when I'm getting out of hand you know like you get people that say if you ever got a problem with me just tell me yeah uh, and then you tell them and they get really defensive about it yeah. <laughs> like yeah. angry with you and you're like what that's what <laughs> you said and obviously like when you're on the spectrum when somebody says just tell me you don't do the sugar-coated or diplomatic way of I think you just go you're annoying do you yeah. know you're annoying like do you know what I mean? that's the way I tend to do it and they get like really like irate and you're just like what this is what this yeah. is what we agreed like why what I'm supposed to say do you know you're a little bit uh you can be a little bit much for some people yeah. you know like instead I'm just like you're irritating you're really irritating um Either, yeah, either they've been diagnosed young um, and this is the way they've always dealt with it is to have people just tell them and they're okay with it or they've never done it before and this is like an experiment where you're just going to have to keep trying to do it. I mean, if they're comfortable with their Asperger's, I think previous to my diagnosis, I would have taken it personally and, you know, felt upset if somebody had said to me, do you know you talk too much or will you shut up? I think when I was younger, I did. I think now if somebody told me, because I know I've got Asperger's, and once again, like I'm not saying you need a diagnosis to say that. Um, I just, I, like I say, we've gone over the reasons why I wanted a diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. We've gone over the reasons why you want to get diagnosed. Yeah. Those of you out there that are listening to this that are on the spectrum but never got a diagnosis, like that doesn't make it any more like, doesn't make it like not as legitimate as mine or any, yeah, or yeah. like what you want. Um, but once you know and you're 100% sure that you know that you've got Asperger's, it's different when someone tells you to stop talking because you're talking too much. I don't feel now like embarrassment or um, like upset about being told to shut up. I just now think, yeah, I, know, right? I didn't realise, I didn't even realise I was doing it. Um, and I know it's something that I can't particularly control um, yeah. because that's the thing. That's the thing I've realised about Asperger's in general is um, with normal people, I suppose, well, neurotypical people, they know when they've been told what their, like, issues are or problems are or things they do that can be irritating to others, they work on fixing them. (coughs) Excuse me. But if you're on the spectrum, I feel like there's no real way to control them or get better or, well, not get better, but fix them (coughs) and change your behaviour so that it, doesn't do that anymore um you have to just be like more accepting like i told you before when i went to therapy i went to get fixed so i thought once i got diagnosed she'd then give me therapy on how to fix the things that i found like difficult with my life and my behavior the behaviors that i didn't want to do and she kind of gave me the advice of you just need to accept what and who you are 
you know, yeah. and you're always going to do these things, and these are always going to be things you're gonna you're gonna do within your life, and you'll never really have any control over them. And I think that's the difference between neurotypical and Asperger's. With Asperger's, you you can be fully aware of the things you do, and even if you don't want to do them, but you also know that there's no stopping them, and it's going to happen anyway. I know how I'm going to react to stuff before I'm about to do it, and it doesn't matter how hard I think about doing it, I can't change my like. I can't change what will happen. I'll know that if I say I have to go do something like an interview or go somewhere, I'm fully aware of how I'll react when I get there. And it doesn't matter how much I think about it or try and change my behaviour during that situation, like clockwork, like I'll react the same way. And it's the same with this. This guy that talks too much, it won't matter how many times you tell him you talk too much and it won't matter how much he tries to not do it, he'll just do it. Um, So I guess you've just got to kind of get a routine or system which might help where you have like a agreement between you that when you say a certain thing, it means that that's that for now, you know. Um, But then you've got the problem of if he wanted to make the point and carry on talking and he hadn't finished saying the things that he wanted to say, like you said, there might be that bit of him where he needs to get it out. Um, Maybe, yeah, I think think telling him is a good idea. I know you're worried about making him feel criticized but i he's asked you for transparency so the best thing you can do is just give it to him and if that doesn't work maybe you can discuss a different way to go about it if you don't want to do that i guess the other option is like you just said sort of just just change the conversation just um when he's going on just find like that moment where there's a break and just start talking about something else and the problem with having asperger's is when people do that and you do have things to say, um, you might just bring the conversation back round because that's kind of what you want to do. But if you maybe say to him, like, when I when I feel like the conversation has gone on enough, I'm just going to change the conversation and see how that works. Um, but, yeah, I think transparency, like he's asked for, would be the best. I think... I think maybe go about it a gentle way um but maybe that is worse because often like with Asperger's you don't you don't need like the sugar coating like the more direct people are the easier it is to understand so maybe just if you want to just be direct because that for me I know like personally that's the easiest way for me to understand something is if someone just directly says to me I've had enough then I can be like okay they've had enough whereas if someone goes oh yeah, I think we should like start talking about something else now. I would probably in my head go, you're right, but you haven't heard this other thing that I've got to say about it that's going to make you want to listen to more. So I think it's just about finding a balance. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Because yeah, like you said, if you sugarcoat it or try and hint at what you want (laughs) um obviously you're talking to somebody on the spectrum some people on the spectrum do are able to read between the lines and are able to get the point you're trying to make but with the majority of us like myself included in that um if you don't directly say what it is you want i am not getting it uh it doesn't matter like how many times you try to subtly hint it or try and like not say it directly because uh, obviously I guess there's that bit in you, like when you're talking to, when neurotypical people are talking to neurotypical people, you do that thing where there's like that underlining message or like, you know, the thing they actually mean but don't really mean. And they're the bits that 
people on the spectrum struggle with they're the things that we're not good at picking up on the the subtle hints or that kind of thing we need to just be told you need to say like by the way stop and like we've done this too much now whereas uh yeah when you're talking to somebody else that's on not on the spectrum i guess you're you're so used to going about it in a polite and like way that's not directly saying it but the person you're talking to gets what you mean um whereas yeah with talking to anybody on the spectrum you've got to kind of directly say what it is you want and what it is you're thinking because if you don't um and you just assume that the person you've known you've known for a long time and they'll just get it they won't just get it uh and i suppose that's why he's asking for transparency and asking for you to be more direct is because he knows that if you do it any other way, he's not going to pick up on it and he'll just carry on doing what he's doing and have no idea and be oblivious to whatever it is that you're having a problem with. Well, not a problem, but would like some assistance with. Yeah, You've got to just say, um, like, that's how I prefer it. You know, like how I said just a bit ago that NT people are just like, yeah, tell me. If you've got a problem, yeah. tell me. And then you tell them and then they get offended. I think with autistic and people on the spectrum, they're not saying just tell me as in I like everything straight and I'm that kind of guy. It's like, just tell me because if you don't just tell me, I won't know. I'll never know. Yeah. Uh, and if you and if it's something that's an issue for you, then you should probably just get it off your chest and just say something. With the um, inappropriate jokes, have you ever stopped me? No, um, I just let you do it. Because um, I don't, I genuinely have no idea. Like, I Well, then that obviously it. means it hasn't come up before. You do make them. I Like, I know that I've made them in the past. I just can't, like, I can't think, I didn't think that it was a thing I did, like, regularly. I can think of, like, a couple of occasions growing up where I've probably said the wrong thing. Yeah, you do it, but I think because you keep your group of people that you hang around with quite minimum, I think the people you do hang around with, which essentially is just the people you work with, um, I think they just, they get that's just something you do. Okay. So, you know, like, even with, like, NT people, there's those people out there that just are like that. I think you just, I don't think it, anyone, because obviously nobody knows about you awaiting diagnosis and thinking that you're on the spectrum and, like, that kind of thing. So I think they just think, oh, that's a Scarlet thing. She just makes jokes that a lot of people wouldn't get away with but she does because that's what she does i mean can you think of any examples in your past where you've made a joke and everyone just looked at you like what yeah i mean like one that really stands out was at like a big family gathering where my gran has like terminal cancer and is gonna die at some point soonish but like at this family gathering i was reading this book it's kind of on like a plant-based diet and like how diet can affect your health and whatever but it's called how not to die and i think it's a great book and i was sort of recommending it in a this is a really good book way but i just thought it was kind of funny as well when i was like oh gran i've got a book you should read it's called how not to die I thought it was really funny. Nobody else thought it was funny. Everybody, like, all my family just stared at me like I had made the worst joke. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't do that. But, um, I mean, I do make jokes that would be seen, like, inappropriate. But I do it with people that I'm aware that they um, will find it funny and not offensive. Yeah. Um, There have been times where I've made jokes that I thought were a bit much and I've realised what I've just done. But then I tend to gauge it and just go, ooh, too soon? Or should I have said that? Or like to the person. Um, So 
I mean, they, this question said that they got that. I suppose if they don't know they're doing it, um, maybe explaining to them after they've done it why that wasn't appropriate. Because yeah. um, I don't feel like I'd feel offended. I suppose if you watch the reaction, if you say to the, like, say you're neurotypical and you say to the person on the spectrum, like, oh, you probably shouldn't have made that joke then, and this is why... Um, and then going, but I think it was fine. Like, I don't think anybody noticed. That's the thing that would worry me is if I'd made the joke and someone had gone, you shouldn't have made that joke. Yeah. And then left it there. And then I'd ruminate and think, oh, God, why shouldn't I have made that joke? What have I done? Who thought this? What are they thinking about? Who have I offended? I, I don't understand why it was wrong. You know what I mean? Like, so I guess if you're going to tell somebody on the spectrum that the joke they made is not appropriate for where they made it, you need to be prepared to then have the follow up of. Yeah here's why you shouldn't make this joke explaining it and then probably following up with but it's okay i don't think too many people like i don't think anybody like hates you or is angry with you now just like you know just in the future yeah um if you think you're gonna do it but then like being on the spectrum is difficult because sometimes you say stuff and think about it after you don't realize you're gonna say it you just say it and then you're like oh did i um, I felt found myself saying stuff to people that not was a joke, but was massively inappropriate in like reference to whatever situation they'd been in recently. Um, but I think I was thinking about it while I was talking to them because it was something I already knew about them. And it's not like Tourette's, but I feel like that bit of the brain that NT people have that says, don't say that. Yeah. Because you don't have that. It just, do you know like how they're talking at great length about things you're interested to uh, or interrupting people when they're talking because you yeah. don't understand the the etiquette of conversation and that kind of thing. I think it's one of them. I think you, do you know like if someone's like really fat and everyone says don't bring up their weight, they're really sensitive about your weight. You think about that constantly while you're talking to them. It's like they're sensitive yeah. about their weight. Are they that fat? I don't think they look that fat. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and then before you know it, you've accidentally said it because yeah. it was in your head at the time while you were talking to them because someone specifically has said to you, don't bring that up. Um, and it's not like, oh, they said don't do it, so I'm going to do it. You just don't realise that um, what you're about to say is wrong and it's just in your head and it slips out. And there's been times where I've said it and then realise what I've just done, like, immediately after I've just done it and gone, oh, God, why did I Why did I just say that? Like, I've just thought about not saying that and now I've said it. It's happened now. Oh, uh, yeah, I did I did that yesterday, actually. I was playing at work. I was playing a game of Mario and I turned to someone I worked with and was like, you remind me of Mario. I spent the whole game thinking it, but I was like, don't say it, don't say it. Yeah. And then when he went, why? I was like, well, oh, overweight Italian. And then was like, oh, no, oh, no, it's come out of my mouth. Yeah, I mean, it's the same with... It's the same with the inappropriate jokes. I don't think it's a case of you know the joke's inappropriate. I think you just think the joke is funny. Yeah, definitely. And you know that telling jokes in public and making people laugh is a way to get people to relax and like yeah. be more comfortable. So I think there's that as well. Like those on the spectrum, it's hard to gauge what you can and can't say in a normal conversation. It's, it's one of those things like... Um, Somebody explained to me the other day that having Asperger's is like playing a computer game where you've just skipped the tutorial and have no idea what you're doing and are just trying to like... Yeah, yeah. And they said that's kind of what life like is like for Asperger's. So I think everybody else knows the confines and the rights and wrongs of conversation. But I think when you're on the spectrum, you don't realise what jokes are okay depending on crowd 
and that kind of thing. It's it's the same way. Um, do you remember when we used to we, we used to work with a guy that had Aspergers? Yeah. Um, and he used to just swear all the time. Yeah. No matter who he was talking to, like he'd be talking with like kids nearby. He'd just be swearing so loudly just because he got excited about something or. Uh, and that's what, and it, to him, there wasn't that part of him that was like, don't swear yeah. in public. It, he didn't feel like it was that big a deal. So he just did it. And it might be the same with the jokes. Yeah, I think the best, I think what you said, the best way to go about it is just afterwards, just let him know why. I don't, maybe if like he's comfortable with his Asperger's and you're worried that he might have actually uh, like offended someone, maybe as long as it's okay with him or it's a thing that you've agreed upon, maybe have a system of, like, telling the person afterwards, like, oh, sorry if you're offended by that, he's got Asperger's. Like, I would only recommend doing that if that's something you've, like, agreed upon and it's okay. But if if you genuinely feel like it might be causing... Like, say he's done it to someone you're friends with but you don't want your friend to dislike him, then I could understand why you'd want to sort of explain it. Yeah, I mean... I wouldn't just do it to, like, someone in a supermarket, but if it's someone that you actually want them to get along... I guess it also depends on Asperger's in general, as well as if the person knows. So yeah. if this person that makes inappropriate jokes doesn't want people to know they're on the spectrum... Exactly, that's why I mean you've got to agree it with that's, them. That's difficult, yeah. isn't it? Because you don't want... You're going to have to then let them appear normal. Because it's not like a, any other disability. You're not in a wheelchair. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's not something that's obvious to everybody else. So you either let everybody know, which is like the disclosure thing again... Uh, and then you've got that kind of shield to get behind. Or you don't want people to know, and what you do is what you do. And in this case, if he's making jokes and nobody knows, people just think he's insensitive and yeah. a little bit rude. Whereas if everybody knows, even though I find that a lot of people that know don't actually know what it is, they just kind of know what it is. Yeah. There's kind of that, that like level of mystery to it where they can just be like, yeah, he made that joke, but he's autistic. Yeah. So, you know, like, then everyone goes, oh, okay, yeah. Most people just seem to accept that. Then you can make a joke that's a bit much and people just sort of go, yeah, but, you know, he's on the spectrum. And then even though it can be sometimes patronising, it does also mean that people are less likely to hold, like, a grudge or see you a certain way because of it. Like I say, I'd only do it if it was a thing you'd both agreed upon and he was comfortable with. And also, like, I I wouldn't do it to, like, say he made, like, an inappropriate joke to a cashier in a supermarket. I wouldn't do it then. But, like I say, if it's someone that... Say he does it around your family, but you obviously want him to get along with your family. Maybe then, because you you don't want them to feel a certain way about him. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, but then, it's got to be with people that. Yeah, I mean, but um, it's worth doing it with. Me and you've always spoke about how we don't like it when people go, "Oh, he's got Asperger's." Like say, like it has to be agreed <laughs> yeah. upon with him. That's what I mean. Like, definitely don't just out him. But yeah. if if that is like a thing that you agreed upon, then it would yeah. be fine. Yeah, like yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, like just tell the pe- if the people that are closest to the pair of you know, mm. that's fine, isn't it? But yeah, you yeah. don't want to like make a joke like you said in like Asda. Yeah. And you go, he's got autism. Yeah, he's got yeah, autism. That's, Sorry. That's just autism. massively, yeah. That's, yeah. that's unnecessary because you don't need a, you don't need them to get along. If that person, if that cashier decides that they don't like him, it yeah, doesn't well, matter. You're never going to see him yeah. anyway. It doesn't matter, does it? Cool. Question number two. Cool. Um, so this one is, how is our relationships with our families how was it when we were growing up? And is having a diagnosis 
was ill will potentially make a difference in the way you interact with them. Okay. Um, so obviously we did <coughs> ooh, the podcast on relationships. And yeah. It was like the second one we did. Yeah. Um, and that one talked about how we see family, friends, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but that was like more on a scale. I think it was just more me and you yeah. uh, than anyone else. But... Um, I don't know. I, I suppose this is you can answer this to some point, I guess. But like, you're not diagnosed no. yet, and you've kind of decided you're not really going to tell anyone anyway. Yeah. So it's not like anybody at work knows. And you said that your mom knew or had a, you know, had thought you had it. Yeah. But didn't get you is like any sort of diagnosis or anything like that yeah i think mine will be a little bit a little bit more vague whereas you've probably got a lot more that you can talk about well in a sense but like i got diagnosed while here so i moved away from where i'm from originally um when i was 23 um yeah 23 yeah. yeah, when I was 23. So I'm 33 now. It's been 10 years. I got diagnosed when I moved away. So I moved away, yeah, so like three and a bit late years later after moving, I got diagnosed. Um, so I haven't really seen, I suppose, a lot of my family. I don't go home a lot. So um, I actually can't remember the last time I went back to where I'm from originally. Uh, it's definitely been over a year. Um, my brother lives... He lives, like, he doesn't live, like, back at home anyway. So if I do go home, I don't normally see him that often. My mum and dad aren't together, so my dad lives. Um, He lives, like, 40-odd minutes away from my mum. So really, like, and then you're looking at, like, cousins, nans, granddads. I mean, I haven't got granddads, but um, that whole thing. They haven't really seen me since I was diagnosed. Um, I'm sure they're aware of it because I used to write a blog um, and I used to post that blog. Every, I used to write like a entry every week and I used to post it on like Facebook, Twitter, that kind of thing. And my family, you know, they have you on social media. Most people have like the majority of their family on social media. Yeah. So they saw the posts. They know I've got Asperger's. I mean, so they they know, but because I don't see them, um, I've never really noticed, like, or seen any sort of difference. I've seen them occasionally, but because it's so, f- like, I think I saw them for my birthday a bit ago, uh, like, my mom's side as a group. But because it's so, like, brief, and because I don't really talk to them when I see them, because you know what it's like when you haven't seen someone in a while, you don't really talk to them that much. Uh, you either catch up or you just talk about vague basic stuff so i've never really noticed so i guess i can really like the way this up on people that are either the closer members so the only people in my family that i really talk to anymore it was my mom dad and my brother yeah um and in that self it's it's different in the sense that my dad has never behaved differently since getting diagnosed since i got diagnosed he kind of once i told him just realized stuff about me that made sense. Yeah. Like he just kind of went, um, but he doesn't, he didn't really know what it was to start off with. 
and he didn't really treat me any different and he didn't behave any differently about it. Um, he just, he never asked like questions or he never wanted to know specifically how I was affected. He just kind of said, well, that still makes you you. Uh, and yeah. obviously he kind of went with the logic of, I've always had it. Yeah. I've had it since birth. So why would that change the way I behave? Because before diagnosis, it's not like in myself getting diagnosed made me behave any differently. Mm. Um, I guess I'm just seen differently. Yeah. But I had Asperger's before I was diagnosed with Asperger's. So my behavior then is still the same as my behavior now. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm a little bit more self-aware. So the way I behave is different in the sense that I do things for myself now to change it. But I don't see them enough to for them to see any obvious stuff. I don't I've never really asked any of them if they see me do stuff now that they think, oh, is that Asperger's? Um, my dad recently has decided, well, not decided, but I think since listening to these podcasts, there's things we've been talking about that he feels are relevant to him. Um, and he thinks that he possibly might be on the spectrum somewhere uh, if yeah. he hasn't got Asperger's. And I think that's because I've got it. And one of my sisters, I'm not sure if she's been diagnosed, but she's either in the process of or uh, has been. I'm not sure. Um, so I think on the genetic point, he obviously sees himself as the person that's pass the, passing it yeah. on. So and there's just things that are relevant. to. So in his case, it's different because if it turns out he is on the spectrum, I can't imagine he's going to get diagnosed now. But if it turns out he is, I guess having an autistic father wouldn't see you the same way as like a neurotypical father. Yeah, so I definitely. guess the only way it's been changed is my mom. I guess my mom's the main, I suppose, change. Like of all the people I talk to in my family, I suppose I talk to my mom the most. Um, and the behavior, the relationship between me and my mom has changed a lot since I got diagnosed. So, um, but I think that's because for my mom, there's loads of, once I got diagnosed and explained to her, I think at first... She might have been a little bit worried about me having a label. Um, so me getting diagnosed and then being classed as autistic. And I think she was more worried about how the world would see me if they knew that I was different um, more than anything else. And then initially, obviously, when I got diagnosed and explained to her why I was going to get diagnosed and that I needed like help, um, you know, like a social worker, support worker, that kind of thing. Uh, I think she came around to it. Uh, and then realized that I was doing it for benefits because like I'd struggled to hold down jobs, get jobs, you know, yeah. life in general was difficult for me. Uni was a struggle. Everything was hard. So I want a diagnosis because then with a diagnosis, that's the only way you can officially get help from yeah. people. So that's why I did it. Once I explained that to her, she was fine. Um, and then once I got diagnosed, I think she did her own like research into it, you know, watch programs, that kind of thing. And I think there were things that she was reading about and learning about that explained a lot of stuff I did as a child uh, and growing up and like that kind of thing. And I think she I think a lot of stuff like fit into place for her with me. And she realized that all this stuff that I was either in trouble for or struggled with or things I just didn't do that other neurotypical children did do she yeah. now knows why as opposed to at the time she just didn't understand why because there was no explanation for it she didn't understand why I was different um but now she does um and she yeah is is she's she obviously learned a lot about it and now when we talk she talks to me in a kind of like especially if it's Asperger related 
she talks to me in ways about, you know, when she talks to me about anything to do with my life, if I tell her stuff about like work or home life or that kind of thing, she will talk to me at an Asperger angle now yeah. as opposed to just general you know like you just talk to a normal general child and just be like you need to do this you need to do this you need yeah. to get on with this and if you sort this out like do when you have that but when you're talking to a child that you've got it's your kid that you've got Asperger's you know there's certain things that will be difficult so you just your advice is tailored to that now yeah whereas obviously previous to that she was saying things that I knew I couldn't do and you just I used to just agree and just be like yeah sure I'll do that knowing I wouldn't do that because I knew I couldn't do that so but I'd just say it because it was easier than saying I can't do that because when neurotypical people will say I can't do that they normally get followed up with uh, what well, that's like a really defeatist attitude you know you can do anything you put your mind to yeah, but when right. you're diagnosed yeah um yeah you can just be told you just get that there's certain things you can't do so there's that that's made it easier my mom is aware of the things that I can and can't do so now she won't advise things that she thinks are too much yeah yeah Yeah. so stuff that she would have normally just have let me get on with and left it to me and thought he's an adult now he needs to sort that out there are things now that my mom is aware of that I can't do and knows I can't so she'll either do it myself or she'll look up herself like uh, the proper way of going about it for people on the spectrum and how to sort certain things out. So I guess my mom has gone down the more like, I mean, s- supportive before, I suppose, before diagnosis. She was supportive in the sense of standing on your own two feet, like that kind of way that people are with neurotypical people, like you're grown up, sort it out, yeah. get it done. You know, this is how it is. She She didn't involve herself as much before I was diagnosed. So she didn't. She didn't like give me the advice she's given me now or like she'll find links to stuff that would be useful or sense. She didn't used to do any of that kind of stuff. She'd just give me standard advice that you'd give to other people. Um, and that was no good to me. So I would, I knew that she was trying, but I knew that I was different. So I kind of just went, yeah, sure. Uh, and then just didn't do it because I knew I wouldn't. Whereas now, like it's, a, she's a lot more like, I suppose accommodating to it and knows how to do stuff so I guess there's that like a better understanding on how to interact with me and if I'm looking for advice how what advice I'd need that is useful to me and what advice is there's no point saying that to me because it's not going to work so I've got more that I don't think I've been treated badly by anyone since I got diagnosed um but there is I think more like people I work with Uh, or people I have worked with in previous jobs. I think that's the difference. I think for me, family's not really been a thing, but like I said, it's it's because I live like 200 plus miles away from where I'm from. I don't see any of my family anymore anyway. Um, Like I do see my mom every few months. Uh, I do see my dad the same amount of time. Uh, My brother, I see less, but like he works a lot. I work a lot. Uh, My brother lives closer to like, London and that kind of area and I'm not comfortable with that kind of area in general I think he gets that which is why I I don't think I've ever actually visited where he lives because he lives in quite a built-up area and it'd just be weird for me to go there Uh, I'm only really comfortable with traveling to places that I'm familiar with anyway so either they come see me or in the case of my mom I know where she lives I've been there a few times but it's hard to break away from the routine of but then that's another thing like before diagnosis me not seeing them on a regular basis would be seen as I don't care. 
I don't want to see them. I don't really like, I'm not interested in seeing any member of my family. But now I don't go home that often, but I feel like they understand that the reason I don't go home is because this is where all my stuff is. This is where my routine is. This is where I feel like comfortable, yeah. no anxiety is is being here so i'm happy for people to come here and see me all the time yeah uh, i'm just i'm not too good with going to other places even though it's my mom's house i never lived there so it, it's do you know what i mean like where my mom lives now is not the house that i grew up in um and same with where my dad lives i've never lived where my dad lives so there's that aspect of it i do you know what I mean like you know you're the same yeah you understand yeah like um i mean your family kind of know but you don't I mean you don't you don't go home that often um and you said you're not that comfortable with going home when you go home yeah so yeah I mean are you worried about getting diagnosed say you tell your family when you get diagnosed I imagine you will uh I know you don't want to like wear a t-shirt that says I have Asperger's and let everybody in the world know but I'm sure there's people you will tell yeah family's probably definitely one of the people you're going to tell you've already kind of tried to tell them already so i think once it's official you definitely will yeah um do you think you'll be treated differently by your family once they know or do you think nothing's going to change i don't know um when i bought it so i brought it up last year maybe this year i think i bought it up in december so at the start of this year um my family my parents came to visit me and we went out for a meal and I brought up the fact that I was awaiting diagnosis. Um, And they, I didn't like their reaction, but I don't think they meant to be the, I, I don't think they meant to annoy me, but they kind of, laughed not like laughed at me but just sort of a little bit of a laugh my mum said that she thought I'd always been on the spectrum so acknowledged it but then they both sort of said but um and that and my mum went yeah there's certain things you do that are more it's more obvious now you're older because sometimes you will get really fixated on something and things like that but then they kind of said but you don't need a diagnosis because you don't want to have the label um and also I think my dad said, well, if you do have it, you, you've just got it mildly. And like, I feel like to me that was, it was annoying because same as you, like I moved away. Uh, so I've not lived, I've not lived with them for three and a bit years now, but um, uh, like, so he doesn't know what I'm like now, but also just growing up, like the way I am is I am quite private. So if I'm struggling with something, I don't usually say. So like, I remember they, like my dad mocked me when I was younger, not in a horrible way, mocked me, like teased me in a friendly way, but about like how I didn't really hang out with friends and stuff. Um, And like, I don't go out drinking and things like that. But I don't think that he's linked to the fact that I don't do that because that causes me massive stress, not, because well yeah because I don't want to but like my dad thinks it's funny and like it makes me different but I don't think he realizes that that's like an element of a struggle for me so to say like I've got it mildly is just because you don't realize that actually a lot of things that I do in my life is because I am affected so just just things like yeah like I find it stressful if I'm going out with like 
meeting new people I find stressful changing like changing jobs is stressful to me because it's a change changing my routine is stressful so yeah going home stressful I different to you I don't actually really like people coming to visit me either because it will change my routine so the the mild like saying mildly just it kind of bothered me a bit but not because I knew he was being horrible because he wasn't just I don't know I don't know if it will change the relationship like at the moment it's now something that I haven't brought up I haven't brought it up since um because I'm worried about getting the same sort of reaction um I just feel like I don't know I don't know I don't know if it will change it would be nice if I could explain some of the ways I am because like this person that wrote this message said that they kind of felt like the black sheep of the family and I definitely relate to that because I I've always been quite different to my family my um like I'm talking about like my mum dad and my two sisters and then I've also got a brother-in-law and a niece and like they're quite a unit they're all quite close and I'm not close I'm the only one that lives far away I mean one of my sisters lives on the same road as my mum and dad um and my other sister only moved out when she was 28 I think so like they all lived really close for a long time and I just feel like I've always been that one that's a bit different the one that doesn't go home like I haven't been to the last two Christmases with my family and to them that's like a really big deal um so I don't know if the relationship would change that much based on kind of what you said as well like because I live away and because I don't I talk to my parents once a week I don't talk to my sisters very often at all really so I don't know how much it would change because there's not not there's not much of a relationship but there's not much of a an interaction anyway like I have like a 20 minute phone call with my parents once a week so I don't feel like that would be affected if I had a diagnosis or not yeah it's a it's hard to predict especially I'm also not very good at hypotheticals so I I don't I don't know I can't picture it changing but it it might do I just don't think it would like it I think it would have changed our relationship if I was younger so Mm. if I still lived at home and if like if I was still in their care so like a child I definitely think that might have changed things but now that I'm an adult and I don't live near them I can't see there being much of a difference yeah I mean um I didn't think about how it would affect my relationship with my family when I was thinking about getting diagnosed it wasn't something I considered because I didn't think it was going to make much of a difference but I don't think I was really thinking about it And yeah, like you said, because of my age, um, it's more of a reflection thing now. Yeah. It's not a what can we do for him? uh, You know, like I say, if I'd have been diagnosed when I was four uh, or a child, I think, you know, the way my mom would have raised me and my dad and that kind of thing could have been completely different because they would have had a child with uh, special needs, um, you know, so they would have gone about things differently. But I guess in this case, they raised me the same way they raised my brother. Um, And yeah, we both, I would say, came out differently. Um, And obviously now it's just a case of I've been diagnosed and it's everybody knows the reason why. Um, But as far as like 
the way it is. I, I don't know. I don't know with your family because I don't really know your family. But in my case, I, I don't. I can't think of any negatives that happened because of it. Like I've not had it. I've not experienced anything with either parent or my brother where they've worried about what they're saying or. Do you know what I mean? Like they've treated me differently or that kind of thing. I feel like it's the same. Um, I mean, I can never know what they're thinking. Uh, there are some times where either of my parents will look at me in a way that makes me think they're thinking something. Yeah. But um, it doesn't It doesn't really matter um, because, you know, I've, I've been diagnosed a while now. So like any sort of like teething period or getting used to it, I'm assuming has is, is, is been and gone. Yeah. So, you know, now it is what it is. But I, I don't know any massive... I think there's a massive... The only one I can think of is there's a big dynamic change between me and my mom. Me and my dad, I can't think of anything really that changed massively between the two of us um, because of it. But me and my mom, definitely. But I think that's because my mom... It, I think for her, it just answered a lot of questions. Uh, and then once you've got those answers, like from that point on, she, you know, behaved differently about it. Yeah. Um, but that's it, really. I would say it's got more of an effect on friends and uh, like people I work with were the bigger changes, I would have said, over anything. Um, with them, they're where I would have seen the difference. Um, because I suppose they, they, they don't know you the same way. So, you know, once they don't, once they know you, or don't know you they they find out and they they do look at you differently treat you differently um in that sense i guess the job i've got now i was diagnosed before i even started the job so everybody's known since day one um but i don't know if i'd be treated differently if they didn't know you know because there are things i do and there are things at work that i do that if anybody else had done them they'd probably be in trouble or if anybody else had done them they'd have like questions to answer and yeah. I don't know if there's a level of stuff that I do at work that I'm not aware that I've done uh, and people just ignore it because they go it's the autism I don't know if anyone's like the previous question before this one I don't know if there's things that I do that if it was anyone else you'd be told but because they don't know what Asperger's is or they don't know how it works they are choosing not to tell me because it's a workplace, you know, and they don't want to be seen as like yeah, giving me discrimination or that kind of thing. I don't know if there's a level of things I get away with or a level of stuff that I just have no idea that that's what I'm doing. And no one's telling me because they don't know what Asperger's is. So they think it could be that and they don't want to risk, you know, saying something that could get them into trouble so they don't say anything. So I always think more about that than anything. Uh, like, I don't really think about what my family, like, think or that kind of thing. I, I've never felt any, like, weird, like, friction or anything like that. Like, as explained in the question, that she feels like she knows she's different. Yeah. I feel different in work and I feel different around friends than I do at home. So around my family, the ones I see, I don't ever feel different to them in that sense. But I don't know if that's because I grew up with them and I'm familiar with the dynamic there that it doesn't make a difference to me. And like I said, the adjustment period of me going from not diagnosed to diagnosed has happened. So, you know, there's there's nothing left of there. All the, I don't know, ripple of that happening has gone. You yeah. know I mean, like it's gone back to normal again. So I haven't noticed. I would say I notice it more around friends and work more than anything that 
I feel different to them and they know I'm different to them. So I feel I feel more not like alienated, but I definitely notice a difference. Yeah. I definitely know that there's things I do that they look at me in a way that they want to say something, but there's that like fear of telling me. Yeah. Um, because they don't want to say something they shouldn't. But I've never noticed it with family. I don't know about other people. I know some other people on the spectrum, but they've never said that they have issues with family. Um, I've never heard anyone say that they struggle with their family or their family have not cared that they're, you know, once they found out they were autistic. But I guess I think the majority of people I know were diagnosed young. So they've grown up in a family that I've always known. It's difficult to tell your family, especially if they don't believe it. Especially if they've got their opinion on uh, what yeah, autism is, and they think that's what it, it's like. Your dad saying that you must have it mildly, yeah, or you can't have it that badly because they've got it in their head what it is. Yeah, you've told them what it is, and they basically are saying you haven't got that. Yeah, uh, and this is just like uh, seeking attention or. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you've, you've been given a bad bit of advice by like some medical professional and you shouldn't believe it because they don't believe it. So you've got that aspect of it as well, I guess, yeah. where they they think they know you and that they've known you your entire life and that if you had something like this, they'd know. So the fact that they haven't picked up on it is is it means you haven't got it when really there could be that level of like guilt with your family where they are annoyed and feel like they've let you down in the sense of they never noticed. Yeah. And now somebody else has noticed like immediately um, and they never picked up on it. So maybe they feel like they should have done more or they should have done something, but they, they don't know that's what they're thinking. So instead they've gone down the route of, nah, you don't have that. We'd have noticed. Could yeah, be that. Could be. Could be that level of it as well. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to say about that? No, I really enjoyed um I really enjoy like getting these questions and like obviously there's some of them that we answered just writing, but these ones I just felt like there was too much to say for it to be written. So I, I like doing it in a podcast because also it was stuff that I hadn't thought of. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean well this is this is Yeah. This is why we did the podcast. The podcast originally you just wanted to do like weird interviews with me. Yeah. Because I was telling you about how my Asperger's wasn't and that you found that interesting and obviously you're you've recently found out you are as well. So I guess the more you learnt from me, the more you'd understand about yourself. Yeah. But yeah. Uh like I I love getting I love reading the messages that people write us as well because it's so it like it's nice to hear that people are listening, but also it's just really interesting. Like people are sharing articles with us that are interesting and people are just letting us know their own opinions and it's it's just nice to hear the way different people are affected or hearing some people go I do that too and that's just nice so like if anyone does have any questions or just wants to write into us like definitely feel free it's the inside the bubble Facebook page yeah yeah um, or I think you can message through the because these are put on anchor I think anchor advertise them as well okay yeah Uh, so you can message directly I noticed I was listening to um somebody else's anchor podcast and right at the end it says once you listen to it on I think it was on Spotify it says if you want to contact the creators of this 
whatever uh, message them through the Anchor app. Okay, yeah. Uh, so you can do that as well. Uh, I've had some voice messages sent to me. Uh, so, yeah, same thing. Um, but, yeah, that's it for now. I think probably we'll go back to we've got the list of topics that we were going to cover. Yeah. Um, which we're still going to do. So it's not like we've moved into questions is the only thing we're doing now. Yeah, we're just doing different. This was just because you felt like it would be a good idea for a episode yeah we're just um, doing different things yeah, like if yeah. we if we get like a few more questions that are like have enough sort of of an answer to them that we can do it in a podcast we'll do like another podcast later on yeah maybe with the same sort of format but yeah it's really yeah really fun yeah, yeah thank you for listening yeah, yeah thanks for listening again uh and yeah that's it do you want to uh say your thing bye Hi, it's Nikki here, not with a new episode, but just letting everyone know that our Inside the Bubble page on Facebook is going to be closed down uh, and that I'm opening a new page called Them Asperger's just for continuity, really. So those that follow Inside the Bubble, if you could please follow the Them Asperger's page and that's where you'll find the latest links to our podcasts. I'll post a link on Inside the Bubble so people can do that. Thank you.